Con men, hustlers, barracudas, bunko, clip artists, con man, fleecer, fraud, Montebank, scammer, sharpie, smooth operator, fraudster, shyster, hoaxer, crook, swindlers, bilkers, cheaters, confidence tricksters, deceivers, flim flam artists, yeah. hosers, scam artists, sharks, smoothies, sneaks, cheats, tricksters, and charlatans. All words that would be fair to describe three people who uh, who claimed that we would quit the back and forth of um, recaps and yet still continue to do so. Uh, just, just look at the entire synonym list. For yeah, yeah, for a con artist, basically. <laughs> so. I truly I didn't think you were going to have flim flam artist. Oh, and did so that not? was how I was going to follow it up with. <laughs> oh, sorry I didn't leave that one open for you. Um, but as you can tell... Uh, Today, the format changes just a little from a typical on uh, Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am still Alan and still joined by Ski. Or am I? <laughs> and, and by Brent. Hi. And uh, we'll be doing our usual recap of the episode, uh, MVPs of the episode, as well as the uh, rating of Cheesecake. But as you may have already guessed, it will not be Ski giving the recap today. It will be uh, turning it over to Brent once again. Now, I know that uh, we have been going back and forth most of this season, actually, so far. Um, that's not the intention. It's just the way things have worked out in an odd way where we've ended up recording two episodes in a day multiple times. Um, and, yeah, I would imagine that most of the rest of the season will go back to uh, to ski. But Somewhat you... COVID-related, but uh, it's also yeah. been convenient timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so uh, with that, I'll go ahead and... Uh, we're doing season two, episode eleven. Twas the nightmare before Christmas. Um, apparently, a nightmare before Christmas was not trademarked quite yet <laughs> <laughs> when this one came out. They um, got the twas. Yeah, that's there, true. So. Yeah, just to, just to make it a little bit their own. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, go ahead and uh, turn that over to Brent for the recap. Hey, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Bunko uh-huh. earlier. I'm currently wearing a Guided by Voices T-shirt from their latest album, Aztec Mirror, ah. which in our timeline came out officially Friday, oh, okay. uh, yesterday. Um, and side one track two is called Bunko Men. Oh, very nice. So is it not called mirrored Aztec? Uh, the album's called mirrored Aztec. Um, but the second song is called Bunko Men. Now does it, does it refer to con artist type people in that song? Um, yeah. I mean, as much as it's, the lyrics are somewhat abstract. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. I'm sure it's about Kahneman in some manner. Right. So. Well, I don't know if I've ever heard a Guided by Voices song, at least not that I mm-hmm. know off the top uh, of my head is one. Uh, King Shit and the Golden Boys. Oh, you okay. Did, you did a line from that in yeah. a previous episode. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's from Don't Stop Now was oh, the one okay. that you'd heard where that line came from. Fair enough. So Sorry. at least I've got it under my belt. But yes. Yes. I'll have to keep an ear out for Bunko Men. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> the whole solid album's solid. It's really good. Now, are they another, you know, I know that you're a fan of the jam band. Mm-hmm. Um, no. They are not. They're, they're, they're more the opposite. A, uh, opposite. So they only have like 30 second songs. Yes. Or, <laughs> um, so only one album have like 50 tracks on it or how does that work out? Yeah. Um, so like in 1993, um, 93, 94, right around in there, like they're, what's widely considered their two best albums, um, B thousand and alien lanes. Uh, one of those featured 30 tracks, um, within 40 minutes. And then the other featured like, um, 28 tracks or something. Um, no 20 tracks and 28 tracks. So super short songs is what I'm saying. Interesting. Um, So, um, like, yeah, the average song length is probably anywhere between like 75 seconds and two minutes. Wow. Those are really short songs. Yeah. So, um, like the one I'm wearing now, um, Aztec mirror, like I said, it's 18 songs and like 38 minutes. Okay. So pretty short, pretty short, (laughs) uh, short and sweet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They get in, they get out. (laughs) So, um, yeah, if, if a song hits the three minute mark, then it's, you know, pretty much just prog rock for them. (laughs) (laughs) So, so then basically you could, like I know there is a Grateful Dead song you've mentioned that is 46 minutes, so yeah. their one song is longer than an entire album. Yes, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's quite the contrast between yeah. two styles. 
style. So the um, this before COVID ruined everybody's lives. Um, my wife was finally going to see her first Guided by Voices concert. Mm. Um, because like normally when you see them, uh, like the last time I saw them, they did like 65 songs. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like an hour long concert. Yeah. yeah it, was like, <laughs> it was like two hours, 15 minutes oh, okay. or something like that. Um, so, cause they got some banter between songs sure. or whatever, but I knew like my wife was not going to stand there for 65 <laughs> songs. Um, in fact, actually the last concert they were able to do, um, before everything went on lockdown was their new year's Eve show and they did 100 songs. Wow. Um, Goodness, that's a... so, but it was, uh, we were going to go to a music festival. Um, and I was like, okay, she'll get a tight 75 minute set. You know, they'll do just 30 songs and be done, you know, and I thought that'd be more manageable for her. And then she would fall in love with them as much as I have. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, hopefully they will reschedule that music festival and you'll get another opportunity at it. Yeah. So. What's, what festival was it at? Uh, it's called Springfest okay. there in Ohio. So I went to, they had their own festival. Like it was just a weekend tribute to themselves okay. um, last year <laughs> that I went to. And it was really good. So. I don't know. A tribute to themselves doesn't make me inclined to become a fan. But. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, so it was called Heed Fest. Um, but they themselves performed Friday night. And then Saturday, um, they had like three or four tribute bands to mm-hmm. them playing. And while the tribute bands to them were playing, they just sort of mingled in the oh, crowd okay. and talked to people and, you know, different things. Um, I'll come back to that. And then on Sunday, um, it was just this thing where it was just, it was at a wing restaurant or something, but like their music was playing on the jukebox or whatever. So, um, but the Saturday it was like free beer and tacos all day and everything like that. So that was fun. Um, but like, so they're milling about, okay. And there's, there's five of them in the band currently. It mainly the main guy, Robert Pollard. Um, he's the one consistent thing, the singer, the songwriter, and I was like, man, if I could just, you know, hang out with him and talk to him for a few minutes. And I was like, well, what I'll do is I'll just work my way up to him. I was like, you know, I'll talk to the drummer and then, you know, the bass player and then, you know, the second guitarist and then the lead guitarist and then him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because by then I'll have my confidence. Right. Um, and I just failed miserably at talking to all of them. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. And then I found myself in a conversation um, with his wife. And that went as poorly as I thought it would. And I was like, I'm done. I cannot ruin myself in front of, you know, this man that I idolize because like it would go badly. And I would be like, yep, now I got a hundred albums on my shelf of a dude. I just embarrassed myself in front of him. They would all be sullied. So the, the memory forever changed, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They like, do say don't ever meet your heroes. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things like he was super nice and I could tell everybody who left a conversation with him was feeling really good about themselves. Mm. So I think he could probably be prickly if I were to like, you know, accost him on the street. But that's what he'd signed up for that day. Right. You know, be with his hardcore fans. So it would have been okay. But I Accost still... him on the street? That sounds like something like awkward I would do. <laughs> it totally sounds yeah. like... <laughs> I, w- I would not mean it awkwardly, but then yeah. it would turn out I was like, that was just really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? I would like to think, though, that you wouldn't feel embarrassed for yourself, but someone else would feel embarrassed for you. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that if people saw me trying to interact with him, they would be like, oh, that poor bastard. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like, um, the, the current lead guitarist, Doug Gillard, um, the conversation that I tried to have with him, he was in a, he's in a Beatles tribute band. Um, Bambi Kino is their name. And I was trying to talk to him about that because I had heard that they were coming to Indianapolis. And so I'd mentioned it and he's like, no, I don't, I don't think that was ever going to happen. And I was like, well, that's what I heard. (laughs) Are you saying my sources are bad? (laughs) Son of a bitch. Exactly. Did you throw up the old timey like uh, exactly. gloves? Like, exactly. Gentleman Jim McGillicuddy taught me the Kingsbury rules. Let us tussle, sir. Now bring me Palmer. Exactly. I'll meet you out on the lawn. Exactly. Uh-huh. Bring your finest musket. Exactly. So, Guided by Voices, Miradastic, new album. Check it out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Twas the Nightmare for Christmas, original air date, December 20th, 1986. The Three Amigos, you know, um, opened that weekend. So, and that was actually... Super exciting. Yeah. 
uh, first date I ever went on was oh, to was see really? the Three Amigos. Really? Yep. That's kind of cool. Yep. Um, it was spring of 87 when, you know. Oh, when you went on that date to, yeah, to see it? Yeah, a couple months later. It wasn't opening weekend or anything. It took a while for movies to get to my hometown. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, there were not so many movies back then, so they yeah, stayed yeah. in theaters longer. Well, yeah, spring exactly. of 87, was that about a 10-year-old Brent at that point? Uh, I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade, so yeah. So right about that age. Yeah. Um, the young lady that I went with, um, I'm going to protect her anonymity. Um, but it was my first date and you know, it went okay. Like it, it went well mm-hmm. and everything, you know? Um, well, Martin Short will make any date go well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, but, um, there was, there was this jerk in my class, whatever, who was like jealous that, you know, like I got to go out with her cause I guess he was sweet on her or whatever. Oh, okay. And so, like, he, he, like, picked me up and put me in a trash can, um, <laughs> and it hurt. Um, but then she broke up with me just because, apparently, she didn't want to see herself with a man who could be put in a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, apparently, that man's uh, plan worked. Exactly. <laughs> Nicely played into me of Brent. <laughs> exactly. So, anywho. Um, so, yeah, December 20th, 1986. That was also the 40th anniversary of It's a Wonderful Life. It was the 29th birthday of singer, songwriter, rabble rouser, Billy Bragg. <laughs> so when you're done checking out Guided by Voices, check out Billy Bragg's albums, Life's a Riot with Spy vs. Spy or Mermaid Avenue Volume 1 or Tooth and Nail. <laughs> Those are the three that I'd recommend. So uh, it was also the 25th anniversary of the death of Moss Hart. Uh-huh. Yeah. No relation to Lorenz Hart, who co-wrote song, <laughs> Isn't It Romantic, with Richard Rodgers. And obviously this was before Richard Rodgers partnered with Oscar Hammerstein for Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, and The Sound of Music. And then Oscar Hammerstein was actually the president of the Dramatist Guild immediately after Moss Hart was. Because obviously, you know, he was dead. Right. <laughs> so. As any um, consistent listener should know at this exactly, point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, directed by Terry Hughes, his 20th episode. Um, now, I did want to note, uh, you know, I know that you always talk about your uh, significant, um, I'll put that t- term in quotation marks, um, events that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, coincide with that date. Exactly one decade to the day uh, that that episode premiered mm-hmm. was the uh, first date that uh, I went on with uh, the woman who would become my my wife. Nice. Yep. So that was Sherry and I's first date, December twentieth of ninety six. Yeah. yeah. I went to a, a turnabout dance that uh, to this day I still contend turnabout dance is where the girl's supposed to ask the guy. Not like Sadie Hawkins. Yeah. Um, now. Why didn't they call it Sadie Hawkins? I don't know. Um, she anti-Catholic, or <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. Uh, <laughs> We're not naming a dance after a Protestant. Yeah. <laughs> Put all that chalk on her milk. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't name a dance after them. Um, but uh, there is still some contention to this day that I, I I still contend that while I did not specifically ask her to this dance, mm-hmm. I think I put out there like. If you were to ask me to this dance, I would say yes, which I think more or less is yeah. me asking her. Um, yeah. So I, I still contend that I basically asked her yeah. out to that. Now, we did not become a couple until, um, I don't know, a, a few days later because we went as, I guess, as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. it was pretty shortly after that that we became a couple. Okay, cool. So. I'm glad it didn't take you long to seal that deal. No, no, not at all. I think maybe even the next day. Um, but, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Good on no, you. I didn't seal that deal, you know, as far as the, <laughs> <I you know. laughs> the, the very next day. But um, but I, I do believe we became a couple exactly, yeah. the next day or, or very, very shortly after that. So Per church doctrine, we have to get married now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would say that there, you and Sherry getting together drastically changed the uh, the scope of our friendship circle too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we def- started hanging out a lot more with her and other girls, and mm-hmm. yeah, but that didn't. We became translate. a big boy group. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> less less basketball, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. But I don't know though. I, I, none of you guys ever ended up uh, latching on with a friend. Although Lance, one of our other friends, he did date a friend of hers for a while. But mm-hmm. and and I think that was through that Katie? connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was. Uh, Jenny. Jenny. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I kind of remember her face. Yeah, so she was, I think, a grade or two <laughs> younger than us. Oh, gotcha. Anyways, but yeah, so that, that for me personally, that date is uh, quite significant. Yeah, very so. nice. So. Gabe really wanted to date Dawn. Did he really? Apparently. Huh, that's <laughs> odd. Um, 
I, I hope he's doing well today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He wanted to date Jackie. Oh, okay. Well, ironically, Dawn, from what I understand, was thinking about asking me to the dance um, prior really? to Sherry sort of asking me uh, to the dance. Because so. I went with Dawn to prom. Oh, did you? Yeah. So. And then Gabe went with Jackie, and uh, that was when he explained to me after the prom. It's like, yeah, I think we're meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, spoiler to everyone, it was not meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Gabe. Super nice guy. Yes. So. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Is he dead? No. No, no. Just God bless him. <laughs> gotcha. Just inside. <laughs> <laughs> the um, <laughs> lady who sits next to me at work. Um, did I tell you the story about her sneezing once? Or I, uh, uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Right. So anyway, she sneezed. Like she would sneeze, and I would say, "Oh, you know, bless you," you right? Because I'm polite. Yeah. You know, um, and then she would say, "Thank you." Well, one time I was taking a sip of my coffee, so my you know bless you was a little bit delayed, but she just instinctively said thank you, mm. and so we said it at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell was that? And she's like, well, I was just anticipating you saying, um, you know, bless you. So I I was thanking you like I always do. And I was like, well, I don't like you anticipating my actions like that. (laughs) And so if you think I'm going to zig, I have no choice but to zag. And she was like, oh, okay. Did you then curse her? (laughs) No, like the next three times that she sneezed, I immediately said, you nasty. (laughs) Did she thank you? (laughs) She she just laughed. (laughs) But I just did it for the next three times, and then I went back to the bless you. But at some point, I am going to throw in a you nasty (laughs) just to keep her on her toes. Well, I know that you don't uh, don't like to be... uh... You don't like people thinking they know Brent better. Exactly. Exactly. We had a guy that uh, was on my team. I think he was only a temp. Um, mm-hmm. thing, uh, when they were in only the process. a temp. Well, I just mean that he wasn't <laughs> on there for, than... for a super long time. Yeah, um, gotcha. And I would say in, in our office, at least in our side of the office, mm-hmm. there's maybe, I don't know, I'll say ballpark 100 people in it. Really? Um, in, in that side. And, you know, cubicle type situation yeah. set up. And every time anybody on that mm-hmm. entire side of the yeah. office would sneeze, he would yell out, God bless you, to that person. <laughs> <laughs> God also, bless you! Yeah, and he had to clear his throat a lot, too. I mean, I think both things were to the point to where, like, it got brought to the attention of our supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch is too polite. Yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, he, he didn't uh, he didn't last a super long time on on our team, but he wasn't needed for a <laughs> yeah, very long gotcha. time either. So, anyways, sorry. Right, so go. Ahead. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, written by Barry Fanaro and Mort Nathan. Uh, this was the eighth of the twenty five episodes they'd write, and then all together they were involved with one hundred and two episodes huh. of the Golden Girls during its first four seasons. Oh, okay, very nice. So good tenure. Yeah. yeah. So um so yeah, it was a nightmare before Christmas. It's sort of a Christmas anthology episode. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, it's sort of just three short stories and an interstitial. Yeah. So, uh, so story number one was the men of Blanche's boudoir. At least that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> so, um, it was uh, eight minutes fifty seconds. So uh, Blanche brings home a gentleman caller. His name's Ed, and he's dressed like Santa. Um, they have the house to themselves. Um, you know, much like the mailman of the previous episode, she helped him carry a sack. <laughs> um, Rose and Dorothy return from Christmas shopping. Uh, Dorothy has on a button-up shirt, shirt, a cardigan, and a sports coat. Uh, in fairness, it is December in Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We later find out it was cold, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's fair. Um, Blanche and Ed uh, try to play grab ass in the living room. Rose and Dorothy are not impressed. Uh, Rose runs Ed off, um, and he passes Sophia on the way out. Um, either Sophia was out Christmas shopping or committing identity theft. Uh, jury's still out on that. Uh, Blanche explains uh, her Santa fetish and confuses dwarves with elves for some reason. And then Dorothy lets her know that she's on her own for this one. Uh, Sophia explains the gift she purchased with Dorothy's money. Uh, Dorothy goes full Grinch, and then Blanche agrees. Uh, Rose suggests the Goldens have a Christmas celebration at the house before going to spend the holiday with their family. Um, it seems like the kind of activity they would have previously done. Right. Can I interject something real Absolutely. fast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you had passed just a minute ago. Uh, one of my, my, I think my favorite line from this episode mm-hmm. was, uh, 
Sophia was talking about the uh, things that she bought for everybody mm-hmm. because uh, that's when like yeah, yeah Dorothy's kind of going off on the uh, Grinch side of yeah. buying gifts and stuff, saying everything's too commercial. Yeah, and uh, uh, Sophia tells uh, Rose that she bought her a uh, camcorder. And then, but of course, we know that uh, she used uh, Dorothy's card. Yeah. And so Dorothy's like, "No, I bought you a camcorder." Yeah. And but she said video recorder. So video, I thought yeah, she meant yeah. like VCR. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, could be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's yeah. what it was. But she yeah. said two video recorders. Yeah. What a great Christmas. <laughs> so, so do you think then if they were talking about had they not committed to a VHS or beta, so they wanted to make sure they just did <laughs> video recorder? To well, keep they do it. say remote control. Yeah. As well, so I bet you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite line of the episode was early on as well during this part. It was when, uh, you know, when Rose was giving the bums rush to the Santa, yeah. um, you know, and, and chiding him for, uh-huh. you know, him not fulfilling his Santa duties. Yeah, exactly. And she talks about him fulfilling wishes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, Ro- and Dorothy says that uh, he was trying to, Rose. I saw Blanche's list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was just a great pause in between the first part and second. The pauses yeah. are some of Dorothy's best work. Um, yeah, it really is. And in that whole little thing, um, you know, they find out basically Sophia mentions, you know, she spent $89 and Dorothy's like, you had $89. Yeah. 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 And it's like, like, that's a million. Bucks. Exactly. It's like Willie Chesterton really dodged a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If she could have even saved up potentially 89 bucks to spend around Christmas time. Exactly. So crazy. So, so anyways, um, you know, so then we see the Goldens exchanging gifts. Uh, we see that Rose got Dorothy, uh, a maple syrup spigot. Um, now Dorothy can have fresh flapjack sauce whenever she wants. Right. Um, was it here we were talking about? I like to call it maple syrup flapjack sauce. I don't think so. No, <laughs> it was someplace else that um, I think it was with a guy at work. I referred to it as flapjack sauce. Uh, and he's <laughs> like, that's the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he hasn't heard a lot then. <laughs> well, I would I've like to just worse. think that uh, you weren't actually talking about syrup. You just have your own special concoction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or you have that or something that you squeeze from the flapjack. <laughs> like I douse in syrup and then wring it out like a wet towel. Right. And that's Flap, the flapjack, flapjack juice. It's got that mixture of the syrup plus the, butter. Yeah. Exactly. So. Anyways, uh, Blanche gives out her gift. Um, all the Goldens receive a copy of the men of Blanche's boudoir. Um, the men pictured brought uh, Blanche some pleasure. Uh, Mr. September was quite the sight. Sophia comments that she is surprised Blanche could walk in October. It was definitely my favorite line of the night. Yeah, that was another <laughs> really good one. Now, I thought it was funny, though, with she that. She gives a good look, too. About yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking about that. You know, 1986, you would have had to get those pictures developed at, like, the photo map, where there was definitely somebody <laughs> seeing those pictures. Yeah. And then you would have had to take them to a place. Like, it's not like you could put them on, do the internet situation where you're uploading the photos. You'd have had to take them someplace and then put those photos on the calendar yeah. um, to print them. So... Well, and also, what I thought was printing is relatively cheap now. Yeah. You can get it done a lot of places. Back then, I bet it was not nearly as cost-effective. Well, especially you had to get a calendar made, for yeah, sure. three of them for, for that. And doing, doing multiples probably was a little bit cheaper, but I was thinking, did she end up saving money? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It also seemed like they had a short turnaround time that yeah. they were going to do this, too. Yeah, it, it, you would have thought this was already something that she had planned. Exactly. Um, she must have the photos available. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's nice to know, though, that Blanche is an amateur photographer. Um, <laughs> it's good to have uh, hobbies in your golden years. Yeah, exactly. So. Maybe she brought them all back. It she's like, be. she had this idea. <laughs> so she's like, come on back, Mr. September. Right. <laughs> Bring that hog with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mama wants some flapjacks. <laughs> So, anywho, uh, Dorothy and Rose compare Christmases in New York and St. Olaf. Uh, Blanche only perks up when she learns there's a Santa on every corner. Uh, the Goldens stay up a little longer until Rose tries to tell a story about St. Olaf, and this drives the Goldens to bed. So, yeah, I thought it was a nice self-contained story. Um, seven and a half slices of cheesecake. For that one story? Yeah. Oh, that's a way too high for that. But uh, and I'm not going to grade each story individually. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, how many slices would you give that story? Oh, the first portion of it? Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't really considered it that way. I'll go 
I'll go six. I'll go six. I like the first part of it best. I mean, I'll definitely say this. I feel like the first of the three was the best mm-hmm. um, of the three. Yeah. So I still, if I was grading it, if I was forced to grade it individually, I would probably, yeah, go with probably a six, six and a half maybe nope. um, on that first portion. Yeah. So uh, story number two, I'm calling Good Grief. Uh, it was eight and a half minutes long, uh, okay. 35% of the episode. Uh, Rose is working at the Grief Center. Uh, Craig Richard Nelson of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and Fernwood Tonight is ostensibly playing Mr. Thurber, uh, but it seems like he's actually auditioning for the role of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> uh, definitely a real Ted Levine thing going on. And you guys like Ted Levine? Yeah. Uh, me too. Who is um, that? I don't recognize, I recognize he, he the name. He played Buffalo but... Bill, and he was also in Monk. Oh, okay. I got Shutter it. Island, whatever. But um, if you go up to the YouTubes, uh, and put in like Ted Levine plus King of Wishful Thinking. It's the best four minutes you'll have all weekend. <laughs> it's so good. It's the Popeye of YouTube clips. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, just one of my favorite things on the internet. So, Dorothy and Blanche enter. Uh, they interrupt Mr. Thompson um, and do not seem worried that he may actually have you know problems that he's dealing with. Uh, Dorothy and Mr. Thurber have a pleasant chat in the lobby. Uh, Blanche and Sam Anderson strike up a conversation. Obviously, nowadays, he's best known for his 21 episodes as Bernard on Lost, or maybe his nine episodes as Lee Paxton on Justified. At the time, he was known for recurring roles on Growing Pains as the principal and Perfect Strangers as the boss. Um, do you have anything before you about that? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, no. that was really antagonistic. I apologize. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's funny that you... <laughs> Uh, classified that last conversation as a pleasant one with the man who was talking about uh, his fascination with fire. <laughs> you know. so, but yeah, no, I think you pretty well encapsulated it. it it's mm-hmm. funny. It felt like Joe Isuzu should have been the one playing that role, the mm. pathological liar. Yeah. Um, but have we seen him already in the series? No, no I don't think so. He's coming up though. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, um, but yeah, he, he was the other guy did a fine job he did and yeah bernard definitely always in my heart so yeah do you guys watch perfect strangers i watched it but i don't remember him mm-hmm. it's i i don't know how many i've watched in reruns i remember yeah. watching them around the time and probably shortly yeah. after the time it aired yeah. um but as far as like within the last 15 years i don't know if yeah. i've watched an episode of it he um i think it was just in like the first season or two oh, okay back when they were working in like the antique shop mm. before he became a journalist whatever so he was like the boss or whatever Anyways, so you want to hear my pitch? Yeah. If we bring back perfect strangers. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down for hearing this. Okay. So here's what I think, okay? I think that there's some weird Nepos custom, okay, Mm -hmm. where Balky becomes like king of Nepos, okay? And then like him and cousin Larry have to move there. And then cousin Larry's the fish out of water. Oh, okay. So that's my pitch. Ah. That's, what, that's what I think they should do. Yeah. Same, well, same cast and everything? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> except now Cousin Larry's trying to figure out Meepos uh, instead yeah. of Balky trying to figure out America. That could yeah. be a, a, almost, almost like a Borat take on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's been so long since I've seen the episode or seen the series at all that um, – when you first said that, I thought you were saying meat post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering, like, a meat post position, not like, <laughs> what, what exactly <laughs> yeah. are you referring to? And then, you know, I put two and butcher. two together. He worked yeah. at the meat post. <laughs> I didn't know if he was talking about taking this in a totally alternative. Well, you know, like, they've got the Washington Post. He mentioned that, you know, his cousin Larry that became yeah, the, the, journalist. The, the journalist, right? Yeah. He worked for the meat post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Listen, all the stories that are fit to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Mr. Thompson leaves without saying a word. Uh, Terry Kaiser, pre-weekend at Bernie, uh, enters dressed like Ed before Miss Santa. He pulls out a gun and lets people know that he just wants to spend a little quality time with people for the holiday. Uh, Blanche almost admits that she would spend the night with him regardless of the gun. Uh, The Goldens review their options for taking out bad Santa, uh, but they don't get very far. Uh, Rose demonstrates that she has yet to complete her employer-mandated empathy training. Uh, Sophia enters, takes the fake gun from Bad Santa, and chastises Dorothy for not being a stereotypical Italian. Uh, Rose grows some empathy and deals with Bad Santa and the bad liar, Meyer. And then the Goldens leave for the airport, and apparently the kidnapping is forgiven because, you know, they're at risk of missing their plane. I like that you joined Bad Liar Meyer. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of which, he was my favorite character in this episode. He really did. <laughs> he had he wasn't like in all of it, obviously, but yeah, I thought his lines were the best. I agree. I thought he was really good. Yeah, yeah. This was one because the way that it was broken up, you know, there was no real star of the episode. Um, uh, but as far as the guest stars go, he was solid. So, yeah. So uh, I thought it was another self nice self contained story. Um, seven slices of cheesecake seven for slices. this section. Um, I could have used a little bit more of Sam Anderson and a little less of the poor man's Ted Levine. Mm. So. I'll be interested to see what your some of your parts ends up uh, getting the rating <laughs> of. But um, so. yeah, I mean, I, like I, said, I felt like excuse me. I said the first one I could maybe see giving us six six and a half at most. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was the best of the three. This one, I'd probably bump that down to more like around five. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing actually. But yeah, I guess we'll see what the what the total ends up for the episode. But um, yeah, it was all right. Uh, I thought this some I don't know. Going back to that first part that we uh, went through, they really do. At least this is one little through line they go mm-hmm. with uh, Blanche's, you know, Santa fetish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it adds up to anything else we've known about Blanche in the mm-hmm. past, though. I yeah. mean, I know she has the odd fetishes, and yeah, it does seem weird that she uh, throws in about the boots. The black mm-hmm. boots seems like maybe she yeah. has. The fact that she called them jack boots worried me because that's definitely always associated with the uh, Nazi stormtroopers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but um, she could have just stopped and said patent exactly. leather boots, exactly. But she had to say jack boots, and I was exactly. like, ah, oh, Golden I, Girls. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things that it's definitely some I would like to see if it continues or mm-hmm. whatever but I'm not going to criticize it at all because like whenever you see a positive portrayal of a fat man fetish mm-hmm. I'm on board with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you have no beer whatsoever so I don't but <laughs> yeah. she doesn't mention the beard does she just the the happy oh, yeah. eyes and the the sweaty uh, nature yeah. of the outfit and whatnot exactly <laughs> Well, she also talks about the, the glistening of the uh, cheeks. Yeah. How exactly. they look like they're going to uh, unleash unbridled passion. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> She'd have gone after Paul Dooley if he'd just been wearing red. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. So. I have plenty of passion. It, it is relatively bridled, though. So we get to the little interstitial. Uh, one minute, 10 seconds. Uh, the Goldens are at the airport. A storm causes the cancellation of their flights. Uh, Sophia takes it down on a fellow traveler, um, probably because he's still making progress towards his destination. Was he a traveler, though? You mean a traveler in life? Yeah, he's traveling to the path of enlightenment. Oh, yeah, I, I got you. He was like a Harry Krishna type guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wish they had skipped this whole portion of the episode. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Um, I think that when they were at the grief center, they should have looked at their watches and be like, oh, this son of a bitch kept us from catching our flights. Yeah, or they could have just had him going into the uh, the diner in the in the third part and mm-hmm. just told us, like, oh, the flights are canceled, exactly. you know, or whatever. Cause it of... just, yeah, I did not like it at all. It's one of those things that it seems like the whole thing was put together so they could make fun of the Harry Krishna. Yeah. Well, they had, like, everybody going off in different directions and not, like, a, not even a half minute passed before yeah. the, you know, announcement over the intercom saying that everything was canceled. Exactly. And so that Rose basically just walked right back on screen mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. everybody else all conjoined in that one spot. Yeah. yeah. It was a clear setup. I mean, it yeah. was... I thought it was interesting. You know, for the credits of this episode, that actor, Buddy Daniels uh, Friedman, mm-hmm. he was uh, credited as the airport mendicant yeah um, i thought it was funny that they didn't i don't know if it was like well we don't want to even though we've clearly made this character look like a specific yeah. religion we're not gonna call it that um mm-hmm. which uh you know i guess mendicant would be a practice of a mendency or a mendiancy yeah like a beggar yeah exactly yeah but yeah. and it said that that's a uh like an offshoot or or under the umbrella of uh asceticism um mm-hmm. Which is a, a lifestyle characterized by abstinence from sensual pleasures, mm-hmm, often exactly. for the purpose of uh, pursuing spiritual goals. So we definitely know that Blanche would not uh, mm-hmm. be able to ever follow that path because the sensual pleasures are what she lives <laughs> exactly. for. Exactly. Well, he wasn't really a beggar. He was selling a flower. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> He's a salesman. I don't know. It's just, it's like the antonym of hedonism. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so. 
Okay. Anyways, but yeah, the, so are we grading the uh, the interstitial or are we just got single oh. slice of cheesecake? Oh, okay, fair enough. I hated that so much. <laughs> I would almost rather they just spent that minute ten seconds murdering minks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling. I, I, I'll be curious again. You know, we're we're one segment away from mm-hmm. getting your total score. Yeah. Um, if He's you're four, seven, and seven, you said right. I had a seven and a half, seven and a one. So okay, far. so. I guess I'll, I'll be curious to, to see the math at the end. Okay. So. <laughs> we'll get there. So story number three, I'm calling Black Christmas. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, five and a half minutes. Uh, so the Goldens are at a diner. Um, Albert, the proprietor, brings them some coffee. Uh, Teddy Wilson plays Albert. Uh, Blanche tells the story of the Christmas Eve prior to meeting George. Uh, there are several men involved in the story. Um, Albert brings them some complimentary cheesecake. Um, cheesecake number six, by the way. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, Albert plays the role of the magical Negro and solves the problems <laughs> for them. Um, and have you guys heard of this <laughs> magical Negro? I was kind of wondering if I was going to have to cut this section. <laughs> no, 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 okay. um, so Spike Lee popularized the theory, oh, okay. uh, but Nettie Akafor Mabochu and Steve Barnes also have written extensively about it. Um, but it's a character type comparable to like Will Smith and Legend of Bagger Vance oh, okay. um, is the one that Spike Lee was anti-opposed to. Um, the other writers sort of mentioned, um, which I thought this was slightly amusing. Um, you know, they mentioned John Coffey in Stephen King's The Green Mile, uh, Speedy Parker in Stephen King's The Talisman, Dick Halloran in Stephen King's The Shining. Or Seems Mother like Abigail a repeating trend Stephen here, King's doesn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. he sort of got a fetish for it. Uh, but basically, it's um, you know it's an African American character who just shows up and solves a white person's problem. Mm. And then a lot vanishes. of times they've got like ex- extra yeah like, wisdom as well, exactly. like some kind of yeah. level now, that no one else around them has. Exactly, like driving Miss Daisy or something like that. You know, um, the Green Book that came out last oh, year yeah. is another example of it. Now, did you? Um, did you say that Spike Lee is anti against it or Yes. Okay. So um, is he anti against it or just against it or just anti it? He is <laughs> against the concept of the magical Negro. Oh, okay. Because if he's anti against it, then I would mean that he was for it. So I just didn't know that double negative was oh, gotcha. intentional. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he is okay against yeah. it. Yes, he is against it. I'm sorry. He's anti magical Negro. Um, he thinks that the character should be more fully evolved. Well, yeah, that's fair. You know, um, it's one of those things that they should be more than just somebody who's trying to solve the white person's problem. I saw a Key and Peel uh, skit that also yeah. Yeah. tackled that. Yeah, uh, they had like a photocopier and Something a Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. hilarious. And there's um, there was a show called Astronomy Club on Netflix, another sketch comedy show, who did a whole sketch about it. Um, oh, they've heard of that one. It's um not good. So, oh. <laughs> uh, like we we only watched the first episode, and it was one of those things that it's a sketch show, so you can sort of cut it together however you want. Right. And the first episode wasn't really strong enough to continue. Oh. Think, <laughs> you think they would have thrown their best material in yeah. the first one to reel some people in? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. now, so do you think with that? Now, listen. There's no doubt that there's mm-hmm. a a problem with um, representation in, yeah. in different yeah. movies, and I, I'm yeah. 100% on board with uh, yeah with that characterization of the mm-hmm. entertainment industry in yeah. general. But do you think that it's something where, would there be other examples of just magical people that solve other people's problems that aren't it's fleshed out? Like white people? Yeah, just any other, you know, like, I, so. I mean, do you think that it's a, a consistent theme in movies regardless of race, or do you think it is very specifically more prevalent with um, black people? than I think it's more prevalent towards African-Americans. And like, I, well, heck, I just the Stephen King movies you mentioned. Well, yeah, but yeah, Stephen yeah, King yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> well, and like um, Morgan Freeman's played the role oh, several times. Sure. You know, I, I, yeah, the two, he played God a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Shawshank Redemption, another Stephen King. Yeah, that's um, So, But I guess they were talking like the Sidney Poitier in the, I can't remember. The Look who's coming it. to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a movie with Tony Curtis, The Defiant Ones, um, where basically like the two of them are, they're in a chain gang together, and they, you know, on the run, escape or whatever. And then at the end, he like sacrifices himself so Tony Curtis can be free. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. But, um, but Spike Lee, you know, 
use the term magical Negro um, because it is such an anachronistic, you know, word. It's right. one of those things that because it's an outdated stereotype, you should use an outdated word to describe it. Well, that's fair. So, okay, yeah, like I said, I was just thinking out loud, but yeah. So, anywho, um, so anyways, you know, he points out that you know I thought you were a family. And they're like, oh, you know, thank you. That's basically their uh, (laughs) moment for get busy living or get get busy busy dying. dying. Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, to thank him, you know, the golden set Albert free. And then he goes off to rejoin. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) The golden said, listen to the Beach Boys and enjoy a nice snowy Miami Christmas. So another sweet story of the Goldens. I'd give it six slices of cheesecake. It lost one slice for just the whole magical Negro concept. And it lost a second slice because of Sophia's Are You Black joke. Uh, So that's why it was six. I didn't think that joke was necessarily bad. But um, do you feel like he said he'd be back in less than an hour? Does he live above the store? He must live really close. Yeah, yeah, I caught that too. Because, I mean, you figure just to get to a place, visit. They were in the city. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least that's how it was implied. It's so odd because like well if you trust us you can go visit your family and no sooner is he out the door they're like let's go rummage in the back for some chocolate syrup <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that we can uh, free of charge add to our exactly <laughs> well, he, free meal yeah <laughs> he did ask him at least can you cook but he didn't say anything about one in the register yeah. or and and we assume that he's the proprietor yeah but what if he's not what if he's just working there yeah. and he's entrusting these other people that he doesn't really know? I think I think it was Albert's diner. Oh, oh was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, it feels like, too, that um, if it's Albert's diner, it's Christmas Eve, there's no one there. He could what, close if he wanted to. Or why doesn't he have the family there? You know, like he could have the whole family there mm-hmm. having their party there. It's not yeah. like he has a bunch of customers to deal with on a day like that. But yeah. I don't know. I think Albert should have. But it seems like on Christmas Eve... He would be busier. It'd be like the only thing that's open. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Although, I mean, it seemed like it was Christmas Eve night at that point, so maybe maybe uh, maybe that's like his uh, his uh, Black Friday. Oh, uh, like Christmas Magical Eve is Negro just... Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't think you're allowed to that use really the bad. expression unless we're expressly <laughs> talking about the concept. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like it solves his financial problems. <laughs> well, maybe there's a lot of like income for that day. Could be. Um, so I guess this <laughs> snowstorm that's happening there in Miami is really gonna put, give him a loss for the year now. <laughs> Side note: mm-hmm. If our well, you have more to talk about? I'm good for that. Yeah. So I actually looked it up. The last time it actually snowed in uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area was January of 77. Oh, wow. So, so it was uh, a blatant lie. Oh, was it? Yeah, our, our big blizzard here yeah. in about 77 or so. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you know, that was that early 77 or late 77, like the January, um, February time frame or December? It was probably late in the year. So, And I was trying to think, a ski was born at like December of 78, but yeah, so it wouldn't have been them being snowed in that would have caused that. So yeah, trying to to do the math on that, but (laughs) anyways, all right. So, uh, well, I guess we're going along with this. How many uh, slices do you think you would give this last segment? The last one, I actually only give it a four because like the, the lying about the snow could have done some easy homework on that one. Mm. Oh, well, you know. And also the uh, black joke. That kind of t- took me out of it also. Okay. Are you black? <laughs> yeah. so, well, I guess I'd, I'd probably give it more around like a four, but uh, as well. So I, I can't remember what, what number you just said because I haven't been paying attention much to these, <laughs> these, these ratings that don't actually matter for our system. But um, <laughs> how, what would, it would be your MVP for this episode, Ski? Uh, for this episode, I think I already said it was the uh, – uh, shoot, what was his name? Sam Anderson. Is he the liar? Yeah. Yeah, the the guy that was lying at the uh, um, the grief center. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought he had some great lines. Yeah. And how about for you, Brent? Same, Sam Anderson. I thought he was phenomenal. He even sang, you know. He oh, did, Silent Night. Him. Yeah, exactly. It was really I, good. I meant to look that up, though. Do you guys know when Silent Night was written? It was probably really old. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it was well before. <laughs> um, 1836. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, this was one that I didn't feel. Maybe it was partially the uh, just the nature of the episode, but there wasn't really 
again, I don't think any of the girls particularly stood out in this episode. Um, I thought Blanche's Santa thing was awkward. Um, <laughs> obviously, we already discussed Sophia had the relatively awkward joke there and not a whole lot else um, in the episode in general. I did like, though, Dorothy's, uh, when she was trying to describe the uh, the maple syrup spick, spigot. Mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and what did she call it? Like a, a brooch? A wooden yeah, brooch? a wooden yeah. brooch <laughs> in the shape of a chicken, I think. Yeah. Uh, turkey. turkey. Yeah, that's turkey. what it was, yeah. yeah. Um, and just the, the look on her face, too, during yeah. that, I enjoyed. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm fine with giving it to... Uh, Bernard. Yeah, to, <laughs> to Bernard also. He, he was probably the highlight of the episode um, as far as an individual actor goes. Yeah. So so how many, as a, as a total, as the sum of its parts... Do um, I have to do math to... No, <laughs> no, no just, just what you feel like would be overall... What, what For the overall it? episode... Uh, I think part of the fact that it was three little vignettes mm-hmm. seemed disjointed to me. Mm-hmm. I think overall I was only going to give it a five. A five. And how about you, Brent? You seem to really enjoy the three segments individually. I, I, I thought it was great. I wish they'd do more like anthology type episodes. Oh, yeah? It was like a clip show with new stories, mm. you know? <laughs> um, so, I mean, based strictly upon the math, um, you know, seven and a half, seven, one, and six. Um, that'd be a score of 5.375, okay. but I think that's unfair um, because it's weighted too heavily by that airport scene. Which yeah, the one needed. really drags it down. Exactly, because that was only 5% of the Let's episode. Just take that out, yeah. So we prorate it, and um, the men of <laughs> Blanche's boudoir, um, I gave it a 7.5. Its weighted score uh, would be 2.775 okay. uh, for the good grief section. Uh, it was 8.5 minutes, uh, which is 35%, so that 7 would become 2.45. The interstitial was only, you know, 70 seconds, 5%. So that score of one becomes, you know, 0.05. I feel like I did far too little work on this. And then Black Christmas, uh, five and a half minutes, 23% of the episode. That score of a six okay. would be 1.38. So the weighted score would be 6.655 Okay, is what I will give it. All right, 6.655. It's a good thing this recorded because, you know, when I <laughs> jot those down for end of the season summaries, I want to make sure that I... Yeah. You know, Do you want to round it up have... to 6.7? <laughs> no, it's 6.655. It's scientifically proven. That is the score it deserves. <laughs> now, I, Fair I, enough. I, I, generally speaking, really look forward to uh, holiday episodes of things, especially Christmas. I'm a big fan of Christmas. Not, you know, not that that's anything that's particularly unique. But um, I, I overall was fairly disappointed. I guess I just went in maybe with too high of hopes. I know occasionally when I will watch a movie. It, you were wondering where Jack Skellington was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> like, I want to see This doesn't follow this at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt, uh, the title in and of itself, the whole Nightmare Before Christmas thing, I don't know. Like your plane got delayed. It doesn't seem like that much of a nightmare. I don't know. I guess they also had the... Uh, she didn't get to finish with up. Santa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for me personally, I only gave it a five. Um, I didn't think it was a bad episode. And maybe if I went in with low expectations, I would have come out, come away feeling better yeah. about it. But since I went in like, oh, Christmas episode and excited about mm-hmm. it, and then it didn't reach, expe- reach my expectations, I think five is uh, about as high as I can go on it. So. Why am I the only person here with the Christmas spirit? I just think that you tend... I, I'll be interested to see in the episodes you recap mm-hmm. um, what your average score is versus the episodes that someone else recaps. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that you give almost all the episodes you recap the Brent bump. Um, <laughs> um, but to be fair, if I was rating the episodes of the podcast Mm -hmm. i would rate the episodes of the podcast that ski does the recap higher than i would rate the episodes that i recap ironic i think i would go the opposite way i'm very entertained by first of all all the date recognition Mm -hmm. stuff that you give that's just me. I've never know, been into that. I don't, treading I'm not, water. I'm just trying to fill I'm, time. I'm not as clever. That's <laughs> <laughs> what those things said. Like, the most recent episode was what, like just over an hour or yeah, whatever? Like that, yeah. And this episode's what, you know? Yeah, we're almost at 50 minutes. Nice. Okay. Well. Yeah. So I would say, so since I'm, uh, you know, as any good parent, I'm not going to choose my favorite child. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, what I'll say, though, is I think that. Um, Ski gives um, certainly more uh, thorough recaps of the episode themselves, and Brent gives more um, 
side information and so you know the combination of the two together if we could combine you two into one recapper mm-hmm. we'd really have something but, i think i think you know. he gives a better like remind like it's almost for me nostalgia because mm-hmm. he reminds you of some of the stuff that was going on back then mm-hmm. or in this in most cases tells me the things that i had no idea was going on <laughs> <laughs> you know more about moss art now than <laughs> probably i feel Any smarter mention. afterwards yeah <laughs> so but uh, but yeah, I think that you both definitely have your uh, your value um, mm-hmm. in the recapping department. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I'm not uh, I'm not going to die on this. Uh, I'm going to say you're the best editor we've got. <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah, I, I also am the definitely best in the top three. <laughs> yeah, I'm the best provider of microphones. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> and chairs and tables. Yeah, <laughs> and I am a. a definitely the best we have to offer as far as posting these episodes yes thank you and communicating with the fans yes yes and keeping track of all of them oh you know actually speaking of that we did get another message from numi oh (gasps) and this is again prior to her uh, even knowing that she was mentioned on an episode up here oh Um, nice so let me see if i can pull this up here real quick so so yeah this most recent uh comment that we had she said uh what does it take to be a loyal listener is it enough to have listened to everything twice so i'd say that's more than loyal oh yeah yeah (laughs) My, my response was that I would say listening to every episode even once uh, more than qualifies as a lawyer listener and uh, being international also gives a boost. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, if she's listened to every episode twice, that's an impressive feat. And I feel uh, appreciative and sorry um, both yeah. at the same time. Yeah, if, if she's listened to every episode twice, um, we were lied to about the quality of life in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> You know, look, it's 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 COVID time though. Everybody's staying inside more. Maybe, maybe this is a good way to pass the time. Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, or maybe maybe the podcasts that would be uh, eighth rate and above aren't available. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why you have to go down to the ninth rate. And <laughs> uh, I, here's another theory. Okay. You know, so I personally love watching B movies. Okay, they're not good, but they're funny. <laughs> you think and her friends are sitting around making fun of us. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> well, that's fine. I would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Even if she's hate listening, it's good to know that she's out there. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I'd uh, still say loyal all the way. I yeah, mean, that's, that's oh yeah, dedication for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Loyal, loyal without a doubt. Um, so, so with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.